Hello everyone, welcome back to another podcast. Today we spoke to... Chris Cheetham. Chris um, Cheetham. So yeah, this, this is just someone that we met through Instagram after we started Front or whilst we work on Front. And yeah, what an interesting guy. Very, very interesting, very talented, very knowledgeable. Um, I think basically if you're, you know, someone who wants to be a professional photographer... It's definitely one worth listening to because um, it just talks about how he got into Basically, that's what he does. That's what he's always done. He talks about how he got into it, different things that he's done with that. Um, so, yeah. Strictly, quite... strictly based around film photography as well. Like, you, you know, he's been around for 40 years taking professional photos um, mm. all around the world, you know, in different areas. Um, and yeah, you know, you'll see his work throughout the podcast itself. Um, yeah, but he's like, yeah, he's shot all around the world, sold prints at Sotheby's. Um, you know, it was like ad uh, photographer for an ad, um, various different advertising agencies, I guess, throughout the, I think, in the 90s, pretty much. Um, and his own studio, produces all his own work. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's still doing it today. So yeah, really. When you say when you say or when you look at a picture and you go, that looks vintage, or oh, I want the vintage look. This guy was doing vintage photos before <laughs> they were vintage. That's fair to say, right? They're that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really they they are classic, like timeless looking um things, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, cool. enjoy the episode. Noise. Tell us then, Chris, how, how did you get into the world of photography? How did you start owning your uh, skin, so to speak? Yeah, um, I started off, you know, quite a similar way to a lot of other photographers. Um, I, got, I got given um, a, a small twin-lens twin reflex camera, a plastic one, when I was about 10, 12 years old. And it just fascinated me from the very beginning, just taking photographs with it. They were all processed at, you know, chemists and that sort of thing. And then I got more interested thinking, you know, I'd like to process the film myself and, and, and print it. And I was quite lucky because some people gave me some equipment, some enlargers and tanks and bits and pieces. And I just sort of started really. And from that sort of point onwards, I sort of knew that that's what I wanted to do, which I think is very lucky. You know, I think I was very, very lucky because I sort of knew from that early age, that's what I really wanted to do. And then I got a better camera. I got more experience in the dark room and that sort of thing. And I just sort of pressed on and I was pretty hopeless at school. You know, I wasn't, uh, I was not, wasn't bright at all. And so I then did. went, <laughs> yeah, then I went to art school. And I did, a, I did a bit of foundation art. I, you know, I was never gonna be a painter, that's for sure. And then I'm, I did a, a three year photographic um, course and I passed all that. And then I left and, and started off as a, a black and white printer. You know, I did that for a few years and then I moved on. And basically from the North of England where I lived, I sort of knew that I had to sort of move somewhere where, you know, I could work uh, it's a different level really and so eventually through various trips going further south I ended up in London and then I started uh, started off as an advertising photographer basically for the I, I needed the money really I got yeah. you know I had to earn a living and all the time I was always doing my own uh, work you know my own yeah. personal work landscapes people all sorts of things but um the, the advertising at that time was, I, I was paid very well and, and, and I really enjoyed it. And I worked with some really, really top people and, and that lasted for quite a long time. And then eventually I sort of made the change from commercial photography. I just decided to go much more into the work that I really wanted to do. And as a family, because I had some, I had quite young children at that point, we, we all moved abroad 
uh, for a period and we lived um, in Spain for a while and that gave me the opportunity to do a lot more of my own work and I built a dark room over there um, I think you you'll have some of the photographs of the dark room I mean the it's all gelatine silver my work and it's all with the huge enlargers and and all the dishes and everything else which is something I just love I just get absorbed into it and and work that way um well, it seems crazy because what you were doing 20 30 years ago yeah. is now what everyone seems to want to do do you know what I mean yeah, like, no no I know I mean it, yeah. it's incredible you know people often say you know oh god you know you're working with that sort of eight by ten enlarger you know which is, you know, be, which has to be screwed to the floor, floor and the wall because if it fell on you, it'd kill you. You know, uh, it's it's so huge. Seems like you you got the bug straight away. You know, it's not like you had a, you know, a period of like, oh, you know, photography is this interesting thing that I like. Maybe I'll come back to that one day. It hit you hard, and you got the bug straight away. And then before you know, so, yeah. you know education and straight into work and just to yeah. be working in the field of photography yeah. regardless if it's advertising or whatever it was and still yeah. have the passion to do your own work on top of that it's inspiring yeah and I think also I do think I was lucky though because um I think that you know it's difficult sometimes when when you're younger to sort of think what well, what am I going to do um and I think I was very lucky to sort of feel that from the beginning thinking yeah that that that's what I want to do. You know, I, I can feel that I'll be good at that. I think also, uh, as my dad said to me, you know, you're not much good at anything else. So, you know, yeah, yeah, that. sounds like a classic dad sort of, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, when so going back to the, the advertising, like yeah. it's great that yeah you were able to start doing that and you know getting paid as a photographer which I think is something that people everyone wants to do now yeah. so many people can pick up a camera quite easily and just uh it's a question we've been asked before like have you got any tips on how to become a professional photographer and it's like well no not really <laughs> like work really hard paid, yeah yeah <laughs> work hard and look and you might you know have an opportunity but it's such a saturated market um even more so but who did you do work for is there anyone like that we would any work that you did that we would know of or uh, anyone um, that, that we'd recognize i originally worked on still life photographed a lot of beer for scottish and newcastle breweries so that's not a, that's not a bad thing is it photography and no no I rather enjoyed it really it was quite good <laughs> so I did, I did that for, for quite a while um on and I worked for really good agencies that um at the time Colet Dickinson Pierce was like one of the best agencies um Abbott Mead because the, the, there's a lot JWT uh, Saatchi and Saatchi they, they were all very like very good agencies and mm. so I I worked for for most of those really over a, a long period of time. Wow. Then I changed into doing more location work, uh, which was something I wanted to do. And uh, a really, really nice art director that I'd worked with a lot gave me my first real big opportunity uh, to work on Volkswagen cars oh, wow. on location. And and so I, I, I did that and, and some of that work won some awards and, and that sort of thing. And then it just sort of carried on, really. I started doing more location. Then I got agents in America and Germany and Italy. And then between all of that and England, but between all of them, um, I just sort of kept it all rolling, really, um, working on different things. So I would work on maybe Mercedes cars and Renault and not just cars but I mean that was one of the main age areas for location work so I suppose as a photographer your willingness to be able to travel to these locations is a huge plus from the employer eye like the employee's yeah. eye but yeah. when, when you were actually on a shoot yeah. do you have quite a lot of creative freedom or is it very much directed and you're there to to take the photos or 
yeah. I think, it's, yeah, I, I take your point. You, you, you often have quite a bit of creative freedom, but it's a sort of two-person thing, really. You've got the art director who's got the the original idea, and you may be working from a draw a drawing or or whatever or a sketch, whatever. And between you, you try to get the best result you can, really. But often it's quite a big crew of people. So you've got the photographer, maybe an assistant, maybe two assistants, a location manager, the people that deal with car and cleaning it and delivering it and come as well. And, and sometimes one of the agency account people come. Usually we try to always keep clients away because they used to interfere too much. So. <laughs> we, you, but if we had a client, we'd always have an account man with us so that he could sort of take him off somewhere and uh, yeah. keep him away from the cameras and things. <laughs> keep but, it close to net. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so uh, most jobs were, you know, quite a big production, really, because if you, you know, if you were leaving from England and shooting, say, I don't know, in Arizona or somewhere, you've got to get everybody over there. Uh, the photographer like me would be responsible for all those people. Um, you'd fly over to Los Angeles and then from there go out to wherever you're going to shoot in the desert and, um, and you know, then do it all and then process. We used to usually process in Los Angeles for safety's sake so that we'd get the, the film process there, um, which all transparency E6 processing. Mm. And then once we got all the film, give it all to the art director and we'd fly home. You know, that was the, the, the general routine. Did you know so, back then that it was, well, obviously it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because photography has developed and evolved so much, especially in the kind of last 10 years, say. Yeah, Not yeah. only with the cameras and, yeah. you know, the equipment itself, but the, the yeah. kind of, the freedom to, to be able to be a photographer and, and do those things that you want to do. Yeah. Do you look back at that and kind of cherish that a lot more, knowing how kind of special it was to have that experience? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I think it. I think it was quite hard to do, um, and I think that in those days, you know, people did realise that you, it was a lot of effort. I think probably it's still a lot of effort actually, even now, even with the digital, you can shoot so much more material. Um, I, but I still think it's probably quite hard. Uh, it, yeah. Doing big jobs, I think, would be very just as stressful as it was in my day. I would say um, the the great opportunity for me was that when yeah. I was ever in these other countries, I was often have a few extra days. Um, for instance, I, uh, like the landscapes I did of in America um, were often done because I had some time off and I could just travel and do those pictures for myself usually mostly in black and white um and that you know that was great really because i i probably couldn't have ever afforded to take off so much time to just go off and do those pictures um yeah really not at, the, at that time because i was like running the studio so i had myself to uh, pay as it were and the assistants and the secretary and the location people and the building itself you know so th there's a lot of money involved in it all um and I suppose when yeah, I there's the, there's the business side isn't there and then there's your yeah. own side that, and yeah. you know I appreciate some some weeks months years will be busier than others but yeah. just to hear just to hear that you still had the drive and the motivation to go out and take your own photos which kind of leads me on to my next question. One of the questions I had is from the shoots that you did and uh, the work that you had to do, yeah. did you ever have the opportunity to do your own photos within those projects that weren't necessarily directed by anyone for you to do, you know, more like a, a passion project within the, the kind of work that you was doing? Yeah, um, I did. Um, it was always more difficult though, when, when there's a lot of people around you and, and you know, you, you can't really sort of say, okay, I want to do this project for myself because in a way that they're paying you. <laughs> and, yeah, and so yeah. It's a little tricky. So they often knew, but I never used to say too much about it. So I, I remember once um, when I was in Africa and we were shooting something for British Telecom. I mean, I know that sounds weird, British Telecom in, in, in Africa, but we were. And then I just sort of managed to squeeze in sort of four or five days and disappeared, you know, somewhere else completely using 
the car that I'd hired uh, for them, for their work, and, you know, managed to squeeze a few hotel bills in against the job and, and went off and did stuff. And that was a project uh, that I did. Um, but, you know, generally, you had to be a little bit careful of um, yeah. not not for people to think that you're really taking piss, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I thought, you know, you were going to say like one or two shots uh, every now and again, yeah. but to get like, yeah, I, get almost a week out. Three or four days away isn't bad, really. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely not. I, I feel like we could all use that kind of escape from time to time, couldn't we? But, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's amazing just to hear some of the jobs and, you know, I suppose from, you know, myself and Luke, we're, we're not professional photographers. Um, you know, we both had our experience with kind of different works and within photography, but especially hearing it from a time that was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. It's really inspirational. And what does what you do now? Um, now I work on uh, my, own, my own black and white work. It's all your own work. I still shooting I'm still shooting stuff or uh, yeah, landscapes and, and all sorts of things I, I started off doing some some nudes in Chelsea in the studio years and years ago I then printed those up and um, some of those sold well and and so I thought okay so I started off on another project of it um, but I wanted to sort of try and get the same sort of feel into the lighting and everything and and that's quite difficult because the the, the, origi the original nudes were done in a daylight studio, uh, which was my studio. And I decided what I'd do is I'd work, it, I was working on these in Spain uh, because that's where this dark room place is of mine. And I decided what I'd do is work with um, on, on a sort of bright day, but a dull day, but outside. Uh, and so I'd, I got a big background made up um, which I could spread out on the ground, and then I could get the model on on that, and then work with the with the available daylight. And it wouldn't work with strong sunlight; it would look awful. But with with a sort of sort of cloudy, overcast day, I managed to create the same sort of feel that I had from like you know thirty years earlier. Mm. And so that's what I've been working on um, post. Well, because I always think it's quite um, you know we all have kind of people that we we enjoy seeing their work you know big names small names wherever it might be and sometimes you feel influenced to go out and take photos like them to kind of practice the, you know the art of photography as cheesy as that sounds yeah. and it's so hard to replicate the work of someone else but it's quite interesting yeah. listen to you say you're trying to replicate your own work yeah. years later and that's still a challenge do you know what I mean because yeah. no, it was and it was a challenge actually it, to begin with it wasn't working too well at all it really wasn't and I was thinking you know, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here because like I did this so long ago but eventually I got the feel right and I don't know what it was it was like I was I was using some I mean it sounds crazy but I was using some quite old, quite a long time and somehow that started to look really good and I just thought wow this is working now so I pressed on with that luckily I'd quite a lot of it so you know I still got some of it so I've been sort of working in that but obviously the, with the lockdown um that you know created obviously problems for the whole world so at the time of the first lockdown um I was in Spain um because I used to go out there in March late March and or early March and then work for a, a month or two and then come home but this Obviously, the lockdown happened while I was in in Spain and the borders closed and everything. I couldn't go anywhere. And so I used the time uh, printing um, work and things like that, which was fine, until basically I ran out of materials, literally ran out of pr printing paper. Couldn't get any more from anywhere. Uh, yeah. And that was it. That was <laughs> that was my lockdown. So I then went out on the mountains with my with my 5.4 camera and did some pictures, even though I wasn't even meant to go out. But you know, after a few days in there on your own, I just thought I've got to get out, you know. Yeah. So um, I just packed up my rucksack, put in my 5.4 camera and some film and just went off wandering and taking a few pictures. Nice. Um, when, when it comes to photography, are you kind of quite trigger happy or do you spend a long time kind of looking around uh, you before you take a photo? 
Um, I tend to sort of try and sort of imagine what I want. When I, when I see a subject, I think, right, okay, I've got to try and imagine what this looks like on the actual print itself. So I sort of try and do that. And then I set the, the camera up. So I'm quite, I'm not particularly quick, but I set the camera up slowly and, and get, get it all how I want it. And then I tend to sort of meter it up slowly. And then I just shoot usually just four sheets of film, all the same exposure. And then I take those back to the dark room and I just process one first and have a look at it. And then if I need to adjust it, can sort of adjust the sort of loads of experience and years of doing it. I'm usually more or less right, you know. Mm. Um, so that, that's how I work. Um, I very rarely shoot more than that, um, that on, on any one subject. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a really yeah. way of doing, yeah. doing it, like just taking four shots of the same, the same exposure. Because, you yeah. know, if I do the same shot over and over again, then I'm yeah. like adjusting it every single time. Like, oh, what if it's sort of uh, underexposed a stock or over a stock? And usually, you know, make that much difference anyway but uh that's really interesting yeah with that type of film to be able to just do it and then yeah. make adjustments in the developing stage i think there's a, there's a video that i watched recently where you might develop so you know you're taking your four photos and you said you developed one but sometimes yeah. you can develop it in you know that one photo so you can do five different exposures as you're printing all on one sheet and then you can kind of look at that and go ah, oh yeah 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 that's like a, i want to expose the whole photo yeah yeah that's like a control uh, sheet which i do yeah. i do when i'm print when i'm printing definitely yeah. but and is it on, just a feeling that it comes to so you like yeah that's that's the look i'm going for that's what I that's what i envisioned when i took the picture and that's yeah. you know i'm happy with that result or, or or can you spend a lot of time printing it and then you're like kind of wish i would have done the other one now yeah, I mean that that can happen definitely. I mean, because print printing is like a, a real art in itself, as far as I'm concerned. Like there's so many things can go wrong when you're making a print. Uh particularly, I mean, just so many things can go wrong. So when whenever I'm making a print um which is like like for sale or something like that, I, I always make three of the same or three or four and try and get them identical as I can. And then, because things can happen, like in the wash tank, you know, you can get a print creased or you can get, a, you know, a mark on it or when it dries, it wrinkles on the edge or something like that and you can't press it out. Or when you're spotting the print at the end, you know, you've only got to make a couple of wrong spotting marks and it's like ruined. So mm. you, you just do that. And, it, and it, so it's, it's time consuming, you know, but it's really enjoyable to just sort of work with the chemicals and everything. Um, it's, it's a nice sort of feeling when you get that print in the wash and you think, cracked it, yeah. I've got it right. It's taking like a few hours, but I've got it exactly as I want it. It's got a nice feeling. And then you think, right, okay, I've got it. I've got to do three more to match it now, um, <laughs> just in case anything happens to them. So yeah. that's sort of how I work really, you know. Yeah. I think that yeah. goes back to what you like well, what I said about you know the nostalgia and going back and appreciating the times that you had in studios and working with products and stuff and it's the same for me like at college I, I spent the best part of two years in the dark room and then didn't really appreciate it yeah. until I now later in life I realized how valuable that time was that I had in the dark room and yeah. I would love that you know I'd love to have that available to me you know, on any given day. And, you know, Luke, you develop your own film, don't you? Getting into developing it was, uh, it felt like a big step, but then when I did it, it was like, oh, it's not actually that hard. But going from that to actually making my own prints, I haven't taken that leap yet. And I feel like that's definitely a bigger kind of step up. But it is something I yeah, really... That's my, that's that's my one regret is that the prints that I did when I was at college, are, for the life of me, I don't know where they are. I definitely won't have thrown them away, but they must be in my parents' attic or something like that. I haven't got a clue, but I mean, they'll probably just some like, you know, when you go to college, you make a pinhole camera out of a shoebox or whatever it is, but I still would like to have those prints. Yeah. I've yeah. Got a clue. 
Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I lost a lot of stuff that um, I did very early on um, that, that was at college time that I lost a lot of it, you know, but it's, um, in fact, there's only one, I think. The image is in the, in the file and yeah. it's, the, it's the only image I've got from, that I took when I was a student. And that's the only one that I've that sort of survived really. What's quite interesting about that is that um, that the the feel of some of my other work later um, does have a has a look of that. That there is definitely, I mean, I can see it now looking back on it that, that there was a bit of a style starting then as to how I worked um, and how later. You know my work progressed um but it but it, it's you know i could see that that was where the starting point was the way that i'd used available light then and how i used available light going forwards you know throughout my career really constantly yeah. learning and evolving your own skills yeah i just got better better at it but it but it, i can see it you know looking back on the work um yeah. that that's how it sort of started off it's interesting when you see that stuff that you did like early on when you first started out and you you were doing yeah. something that's kind of maybe technically good but you don't realize you're doing it yeah. uh or you're, you're, you're yeah exactly doing, yeah it's, it's really interesting yeah. to look back on it and go, oh, I was doing, you know, yeah, using the available natural yeah. light there to, to light my subject. But yeah, at the time, it just seemed like an obvious thing to do, maybe. But yeah, and also, I, I probably couldn't afford any lighting equipment, you yeah. know, when it comes down to it. That's yeah. probably why I was using available light. Yeah, I literally, I probably couldn't. Yeah, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I didn't get into using um, until I started being a commercial photographer. Um, well, when I was assisting, then obviously I learned how to use all the sort of uh, proper big mm. electronic flash and stuff like that. But then it, whenever I use that for more of my personal work, I always tried to still make it look a bit like it was just daylight, if you know what I mean. I never really wanted my own work to, to, to have a commercial look to it you know that that was the, the furthest thing from my mind really I wanted well, it to I, just look I, sort of uh, you know we, we've been talking some time now and I you know I often look at you know the work that you post and share and stuff like that and what really stands out to me is some of the portraits you take yeah. to me they're just I don't know you know you've you've, got, you've had a, a lot of years experience but at the same time you still can't teach someone to naturally frame a photo I don't I think and you definitely have a certain eye to look at things in a way that that you know people obviously enjoy, which is which is great. Uh, no, thank you. That's that's very nice. It's a, that's a lovely comment. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's you're right. You know, at the end of the day, I think you you either just have a little bit of an eye for something, and and you just naturally can do it. Yeah. Um, it's not. You're right. I mean, it's not something you can actually learn. It's just you either can do it or not you know i think that's the thing you can I learn mean, all you want about cameras films or yeah, you know, exactly. whatever equipment you could you can be the yeah. best assistant in the world but yeah, yeah. you know you, you do have, you do have to have a natural look you know a natural yeah, eye yeah. for it so to speak and i think yeah. you, you know not to say that there isn't many people that do that there are hundreds of people that have that eye and you know thousands millions even and you know we see it you know, we see it all day when we see people that are, you know tagging us and we see people's work and it really yeah. is inspiring, but I think what comes across the most in your work and also other people's is that it's clearly a passion and that passion yeah. comes across. You know, it's not like you just, you've gone, oh, this will make a nice pretty picture. It's no, this is yeah. what, th it, you kind of go behind that photograph and you go, yeah, yeah that, well, why did Chris want to take that photo? There's a message behind that. And, and if you look at a photo for more than a couple of seconds, you're going to look at it for, you know, a long time. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, exactly. every time I see you work, I'm stopping and I'm kind of studying to, to not only learn, but also think, oh, yeah, I can see Well, I think I can see what you're trying to portray there. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, think, I think one of my favourite, uh, one of my favourite portraits was um, there's a portrait um, from the Cuban series, which is a, a farmer stood with a, like a scythe on his shoulder. And, and it's one of my favourites. And it was it was quite difficult to do it really was but and he he sort of cooperated but i just just i could see it like the moment i got out of the car near where he was i knew exactly what i wanted to do and 
you know, I, it took time to set the, the 5.4 camera up and everything else. And, and, and he just was very patient. But then when I was ready to shoot, somehow he just got into the position naturally. He just did it. You know, he just, I didn't have to direct him or anything. He just did it. And I just shot four sheets of film really quickly and thought, that's a winner. <laughs> I just knew it, you know, when I did it. Uh, yeah. And I just thought, as long as that film going to be okay for me to get it from Cuba back to London um, with nothing happening <laughs> yeah. to it. But, exactly. Um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it was definitely that. Yeah. What, one of the questions I had for you, Chris, is it, is it strictly film photography or have you evolved into taking digital photography or is it just film itself? Um, I do use digital, but it, it's, it's more for... Um, I use it for like um, recording bits and pieces that I'm, I'm interested in, yeah. uh, which I'm then later gonna go and do with film. I do get um, some digital prints made. Uh, for instance, the two pictures that are from America that I sent, which is the fire truck and the pool room. Both of those uh, prints are quite large. They're about, meter wide and they're, they're digitally printed but but from uh that's about it really as far as digital photography goes for me um it's not that i'm not interested in it i am but it, it's just not it's just not what works for me for for an, for my sales or anything because yeah. people a lot of the a lot of the people that are interested in buying the photography um really like the gelatine silver prints yeah, that's not to say that they don't like digital prints. I mean, they do, but uh, for me, that's sort of what I'm I'm known for doing. So I really just sort of stick with that. And I do, as I say, I do use digital photography for for I, I use it for recording all, all sorts of ideas and things like that. But yeah, we had this I've conversation never... yesterday because you know I recently picked up a new digital camera, and yeah, you know, but it works just like an analog camera and. Yeah. Back to the question, like, why why shoot film if I can experience an analog camera, but I don't have yeah. to go and develop. But you just can't beat the look of a film, uh, like a film photo. Do you know what I mean, you, you know the difference. Like, you can tell the difference almost straight away. I, I think anyway. But you know, it's more natural, isn't it? When you're shooting on digital, even though like a camera like that Fuji, it looks like an analog camera. It just you still know. Yeah that you can take as many shots as you want yeah. and you don't think about it as much. Yeah. So like, I always, no. I'm always like, oh, what, what, after I've been using it for a while, I'm like, what's the point yeah. of shooting on film? And then as soon as I pick up my film camera again, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. For me, coming from a background of, um, not so much the advertising, because with it, within advertising, um, I could usually shoot as much film as I wanted because um, it was obviously being paid for by somebody. Yeah. Um, but when I'm when I was doing my own work, you, you know, you do tend to think, um, you know, film's expensive. Uh, at least don't go mad with it. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose I, I've become much more restricted in the in the sense of not shooting a lot a lot of film. Uh, like I said, you know about the four sheets of five four. Mm. Um, you know, or if I was working on roll film, you know, I'd probably maybe just do a roll or something, but I wouldn't be going mad, like sort of uh, shooting loads. And certainly the, the, when I do occasionally use 10 by eight um, camera, that is, that film is really expensive then. So um, I tend to be very careful with that. Um, yeah, I suppose you've, you've got uh, all the waves and especially the wave that's high now of, of film prices definitely rocks in in, in every yeah. in every sense of the word. You know, cameras, films, yeah. the equipment, everything. Yeah, yeah, no, I've noticed that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the, the, the prices have risen sharply. I mean, I'm quite lucky, really, because I, I sort of have a little bit of a deal with Ilford um, because sometimes they use some of my pictures and... and we that. tell you how much we like you, Chris? Did we <laughs> tell you that? No, that, that's great. I mean, if you've got a little in, then that's perfect, isn't it? It makes everything, it makes life a little bit easier. Well, you'd have to send us the contact details. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, should really. Yeah. yeah, no, she's a really nice person there, actually. But she's, she's great. 
uh, yeah, that is great. I mean, especially supporting something like that. And if you know you get on with the film stock, you find what you like. And then, you know, we, we were talking about it recently. Like, Luke, you were saying that you're, what, what uh, was it HB5 that you're, no, you're trying to shoot for the year? I know, yeah, sorry. Delta. The, That's it. Yeah, it's like Ilford Delta. Like, oh, Delta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I shot like it for the first time and was just like, right, that's it. That's all I want to use. Yeah. Um, so for like the next year, that's all I'm going to shoot with when yeah. I'm shooting black and white anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a nice film. Well, I usually use HP5 or FP4 basically just because that's what I've always used because it, it sort of corresponds quite nicely the same as Tri-X and, and Plus X which is mm. what I used quite a lot but Plus uh, plus X has been dis discontinued now um, you know it works quite well for me with Ilford I'm quite happy with their with their stuff it's it's works quite well for my type of work so yeah that's yeah. why I stick to it at the minute. Well I was going to say that that leads quite nicely into a question we're going to ask everybody that we that we speak to over the next few weeks, um, well, everyone who shoots on film anyway, it's kind of like a, I don't know what to call it, desert island analog, desert island something or other. So if you had one one camera, one lens, and one film, yeah. what would you pick? And on this island, by the way, is everything you'd ever want to shoot. Not, not, <laughs> not, not, not. <laughs> it's an island with everything you want to shoot, but you can only take one camera, one lens, one film stop. Right. Okay. So it, it's it's got to be it's got to be my, my trusty wooden Gandolfi five four uh, with a uh, one a one fifty mil lens, which is more or less standard, so it will work on most things. Mm. And the film stop would be Tri X. I no. think, or HP5, well, I, either, whichever I could have. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that would be what I'd work with. Yeah. I guarantee you'll be the only person who picks that. And I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> There's not going to be a lot of people who pick that, no. Yeah. And have you got any kind of tips or advice for anyone trying to get into, not necessarily large format or anything like that, but anyone that's getting into photography, into film photography? Well, I think getting into film camera, I, if it was me, I would I would try and buy first off a, 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 a fairly simple 35 mil camera, which you can get from a lot of photographic shops or there's loads of photographic auctions uh, where they're selling off a lot of that equipment. And that's where you would get get it at a pretty good price. And I, I'd start off with that. And, and if if you sort of felt, yeah, that's working quite well then I'd probably try and get hold of a, a, a two and a quarter square camera, you know, for 120 film. Um, I don't know. There's lots of them on the market, you know, that, that, that work quite well. Even a twin lens reflex camera, they're fine, you know. Um, it's really, really good pictures with them. There's no reason why not. Because things like Hasselblad's and, and Bronica's and those sort of cameras, the prices of those have really risen. And probably for most people, it's a you know quite a big investment that. Um, and what 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 Hasselblad have you? You've got the Hasselblad five hundred CM, is that right? Yeah, that's what I've got. Um, yeah, and the only reason I know that so well is my, one of our friends, Tom. He he shoots the same camera, and yeah. it's beautiful. I can't, I yeah. mean, it, it looks visually great as a camera, and it takes yeah. fantastic pictures as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that that would be something that I would definitely recommend. I mean, but as I say, that price wise is. Um, they're pretty pricey, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had that CM for for forever, you know. Yeah. Uh, I literally forever. It's been around the world a couple of times, you know, at least. So um, it's well used. But I mean, it's still perfect. Yeah, I do. I use the Hasselblad quite quite a lot um, for the reasons of sometimes I just don't feel like going out with the the weight of the Gandolfi and all the bits that go with it, you know. So I just sort of. I take a billeting bag with just the Hasselblad in it and a few rolls of film and a meter and that's it, you know, nothing else. Yeah. Uh, nice. And, it's, and I, I do use it for portraits, um, for, for lots, lots of portraits. Not for, I've not used it so much. I have used it for, the, for some of the nudes, but mostly on the nudes because I work quite slowly and precisely. I tend to like to do that on the, 
on the five four camera, so I can exactly see what I'm getting. Um, yeah. So that that's just a way of working, really. I well, see. I, th I feel like what I what I'm trying to do more at the moment is e easier said than done. Is if I go out to shoot some photos, whether it be for something that me and Luke are working on, or whether it's just just going for a walk, you know, with, with my girlfriend and my dog, or whatever it might be, friends. I'm trying to only take one camera. Yeah. But it's so hard to do that because you go, ah, oh, this would look good with this camera or this lens, or this would look good with this camera, and this lens. Yeah. And if I've got like, you know, I was carrying around a point and shoot, a digital point and shoot, yeah. 35 mil camera. Yeah. And then if I could be bothered to carry it around, I was walking around with my medium format camera as well, just, just so I had all kind of bases covered. But really, I should just go out with one camera and make that work for any situation. And if something's that memorable, I can always go back. Do you know what I mean? I can always yeah. go back to that location. Yeah, absolutely. And often, sometimes that's a really good idea, you know, because if you see something and you think, right, that's really good, and you, you you do it and then you think maybe I'll just go back and have a look at it again you know from a different perspective or, or whatever that can be very useful you know it can yeah. be good to do that especially if you're waiting for the weather to change yeah you know, and the I, I come across a really nice location I go a bit too sunny or oh it's raining but this would look great if it was sunny do you know what I mean or what, whatever the situation is or oh, that would be great if someone was walking past but I'm the only one here but you know it's just yeah. part of it part of the fun isn't it part of the adventure Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And you know, you, there's days when it just doesn't work, you know. And there's also days when you just can't think what you want to do. You know, I mean, it, it happens. You know, often. I'd and, say and, that's kind of Monday to Sunday for me, and then oh, I'm sorry, right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You're dead right there. We were going to, I just got an eye on the time, we were going to talk about photographers as well, weren't we? Like influences? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, influences, I would say, are, I mean, there's some of the, the, the most of the, the American photographers, um, uh, the, the older American photographers, like, I suppose, there's a, a lady called Laura Gilpin that I really like her work. Um, mm. uh, that's, uh, oh, there's, there's quite a few, I mean, Obviously, there's like the Ansel Adams for the for the for the landscapes. Edward Weston was one of my real favourites. I mean, his I love his day diaries. There's a few pictures in it, but it's most so interesting as to how he managed his life, and and that's great. The other American photographers I like are like uh, Minor White um, is another one that I've, I've, I really like. His Paul Strand, the, all those sort of people. I think had influence on me. I mean, I never tried to like think, right, I must copy them or 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 do that sort of thing. Cause I mean, that is really not the way to do it. But they, they influence you in the sense of just their achievement, you know, you, you, and you just think, wow, you know. Sometimes you, know, you can appreciate a body of work, even if it's so far-fetched to what you like yourself. But I, I, I look yeah. at it all, all day and I'm like, that. I would never dream of, you know, it doesn't really bother me to take a photo like that. Or, or sometimes past photography, yeah. sometimes I watch something, I'm like, I've got no interest in that, yeah. but I can appreciate it. I can really appreciate the work that's gone into it, which makes me subconsciously yeah. like it. And I like it more and more and more. You know, like the artwork and photos that I've got up on my, on my wall around my house, they're, they're not photos that I would take, but I like yeah. them. Because A, I like the photographer who's took them because yeah. their, their kind of work speaks to me. Yeah. Or I just, I like it because... It's something yeah. different to what I would produce. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, in, in my house here, I've got like one picture of mine up on the wall, but the rest of the pictures that are on, on the walls, they're, they're or whatever, um, which is just nice because I just like the idea of things that I've thought, yeah, that is really good, you know. Um, mm. I wish I'd done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, when you think, uh, I wish I'd done it, and you know, that's that's a, that's a good thing. I also just say that, um, as regards sort of color work in a way, and not just color, but uh, I think like artists of a, of a, I mean, Edward Hopper mm. is somebody that work to me is just brilliant, and and that influenced me from an early stage. I, I went to uh, an exhibition he had in London a long, long, long time ago, but it was seeing those images and the way he got the light to work on people's faces and the, and the buildings and all of it. I just thought, wow, 
this guy is just brilliant. And, and that definitely gave me a feel for how I wanted to sort of almost make photography work really in my own color pictures anyway. I actually picked up a, an Edward Hopper book I don't know, maybe about a year ago. That's what I was actually just looking for then, but it's, it's, it's not on my desk. But um, yeah, I, I can appreciate an artist. Like, I get a lot of inspiration for, from artists as well, which yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because to, to appreciate a piece of artwork and then want to, it, it motivates you to go out and take your own, you know, your own pictures in your own style, isn't it? Doesn't necessarily yeah, no, it doesn't. no, I agree totally. It does. It just gives you that, like, wow, I, you know, I can see how, what he's doing there. And it just gives you that, right, I'm going to go out, not do what he's doing, but just utilise that information that's just in your head from seeing him off and, and, you know, just do something yourself. I mean, that's how it worked with me anyway. You know, that's, yeah. that was the thing about it. You know, the Cuban series, there's a, an image of a, a church and, it's quite an interesting story because I, I turned up at that church quite early, quite early morning and there's nobody about, nobody at all. And I set up um, the tripod with the 5-4 Gandolfi on it and, you know, started to get it focused and all that sort of stuff. And then suddenly um, I looked round and there was like loads of children, loads of them. And they were all standing watching me and shouting England, Manchester United, England, Manchester United. And I was thinking, oh my God. And so one by one, they all came and stood on a box and looked at the, looked in the back of the Gandolfi with a cloth over their head. And they were just amazed. The church was upside down, of course, because it would be, but they just, they just loved it. It was like street theater. I didn't speak uh, hardly any Spanish, and and they they didn't speak an awful lot of English other than Manchester United, you know. So, uh, but we got on brilliantly. Yeah, <laughs> which, well, it's funny. Is, I was just about to say, like sometimes you can look back at an image like that. Yeah. And I, I might look at that photo not knowing anything about it, and I can no. go, "Oh, that's an amazing photo. I can see the passion. I, I think it's a great picture." Yeah. But you look at it, and you might not necessarily look at the subject. You're you're thinking about. That time, the time. That taking that picture, yeah, which which is why photography is so unique, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, one picture can say a thousand words. Again, cliche and a bit cheesy, but it's interesting, isn't it? Really, I mean, within that series, there's, there's the Cuban fisherman, who, again, early morning, I saw this man just standing on a rock with a crossbow, and I thought, yeah. what the hell is he doing? You know, what? Why would you stand on a rock with a crossbow? And I thought, I hope he doesn't like pointed at me and then I wandered over to him and you know established that he was fishing you know which is very interesting you know really that you you know you stand in early morning and just fire a crossbow at fish but I just had to photograph him because I just thought this is so bizarre you know I'm I'm not going to see this anywhere else in the world <laughs> somebody standing with a crossbow when you when you tend to take a photo of them are they do they tend to respond quite positively yeah. Or? yeah most people most people respond I've, I've very rarely had anybody say go away or anything like that most people are quite interested particularly different countries they're usually quite interested because they instantly pick in and and then they're usually quite interested what you're doing here why have you come wow what a funny camera you know when you get out a wooden thing and start screwing it together do you know what i mean so that usually breaks the ice completely because yeah, yeah, they know straight away that you're, you know, that you're odd to start with. What are you doing here with this wooden camera and the dark cloth and, and, and a, you know, and a, screwing a tripod and putting the camera on the top of it and all that sort of stuff. So that, that always broke the ice as of, um, you know, the, you're going to take a picture of them. They go, yeah, OK, you know, yeah, fine. And uh, yeah. That, that's sort of how it's worked, really. You know, but I've had odd person say, "No, I don't want a picture taken." But that minimal, you know, very minimal. Yeah. Um, well, that 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 photo of the fisherman that that was actually the uh, I think correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the first one that I think we reached out to you about, and I was like, it "Was yeah, it probably it's, it's was." Nice, yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 So I remember us having a little chat about it. Yeah. And, you know, 
I was just like, I was blown away. Uh, and also the one of, um, there's another one uh, of the guy stood in the doorway, which is quite nice. I mean, he, that's another Cuban farmer. I, I like the one of the other guy with the side on his shoulder better, but, but even the one in the, the, the doorway is quite, quite a nice picture. Mm. Uh, and the other guy that sat in the rocking chair, I mean, he's really interesting. He was very old, very old man, and he'd been shot in the eye. He was really happy about having his photo taken. And then through some bit of translation and a bit of that, we, we found out that he, he'd been shot when he was on in the forces with um, Fidel Castro and Che Guevara in, that was in the 60s. But he was still alive uh, when, I, when I was there taking that photograph of him. And he, he was happy as Larry to have his photo taken and, and to try and relate the story, you know, of, uh, and he was very proud that, you know, he'd been in, in the Revolutionary Army, you know, and uh, rightly so, you know, a great yeah. guy, you know, fantastic person. When, when I see one of your photos, when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I'm now at the point where I like, I know it's one of your photos. And then I oh, say right. to myself, and then I go, what year is this? Is it German <laughs> or, is it, or, yeah. is it, or is it 90s yeah. or is it early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's I'm my so guess. Old. So I'm so old, it could be, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, I get to the point where I'm like, oh, this one, was, the other day you posted one, I think from 1990. And I generally yeah. couldn't tell if it was taken recently. And then I read it and I was like, oh, I don't know, yeah. whatever camera you use, Leica M3, blah, 19, yeah. and I was like, okay, yeah, but now now, now it's kind of turned into this little guessing game. Myself. Well, because I I, I, uh, I sent something into, um, it was a sale, actually. I was, I, was, I was selling something, and it was a nude, and some of these nudes had been from, like, 1990 and onwards, and, and whatever, but there was one that I'd done in, like, 1982, right, which is a long time ago, and I sent it in and I typed it out, you know, date of picture, 1982. And when they when sort of started to do the catalogue, they just thought, which is nice, because they thought, I can't be 82, because he wouldn't, he can't have been that old then. <laughs> you know what I mean, he couldn't have taken it then. So they put 1992. And yeah. then when they sent back the copy, I, I sort of rang and I just said, no, that was 82. Yeah, and they yeah. went, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good. Chris, thanks for your time. I really, really appreciate oh. it. No, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been really nice chatting to you. I mean, yeah, both no, really, really, really good. Cheers. Thanks Thank a lot. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.